Welcome to the Give, Receive, Improve weekly podcast with Lisa Lam and Sawana Ali. This podcast was inspired to help new managers overcome the challenges of managing and leading people. We have a combined experience of over 50 years in leadership and management roles. We know, and I mean we know, the struggles and rewards of leading individuals and teams. We believe that you should not be facing your challenges alone. So let's start this journey together. To find out more, check out our respective sites at lisalamcoach.com and sawanaali.com. My name is Lisa, and my goal is to help make a positive impact to everyone that I connect with that is authentic and enriching. This is one of the reasons that I've partnered with Sawana Ali to create this weekly podcast, Give, Receive, Improve, which is the follow-up to the book that we had published, and you can check that out on Amazon.com. My experience is largely based on my work as a leadership coach and marketing and business operations with roles in various companies such as Microsoft, which is essentially where we both met. Sel, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you, Lisa, for having me. Indeed, we have come a long way. I have practically been immersed in at least three exciting dimensions of work experiences, the systemic, process-driven corporate world, the superfluid entrepreneurship culture, and the challenging, social value-driven of a non-profit NGO. In all this, I believe that everything boils down to continuous learning and improvement. Hence, my goal is to share real-life experiences as relevant and learn together with all of you. Let's get going. Feedback. What is it? And why is it important? It is safe to say that when we hear the word feedback, it automatically generates a fairly scary and negative reaction. I know for me, when I hear the word feedback, my mind actually just hears the word bad news or, uh uh-oh, something's wrong. I know that I'm not alone because I can see the physical response, you know, from facial expressions or body language of anyone that you say the word feedback to. They tend to kind of take a step back or they have this surprised look on their face or even one that basically tells you they're ready, ready for some sort of a bad news. So, Sel, do you feel the same or have you received a similar reaction? Yeah, absolutely. More often than not, we care deeply about what people think of us. And when we hear feedback, the first response is, Oh my God, did I do anything wrong? All of a sudden, we are in this autopilot mode as if someone is attacking us. And generally, most people have the tendency to take feedback as a personal attack first. On the contrary, feedback is the best tool to improve ourselves, like the famous quote from Ken Blanchard, Feedback is the breakfast of champion. So how do we leverage on this tool called feedback for us to be like a champion? Where do we even begin? What are your thoughts on that, Lisa? Yeah, a great starting point is to change our mindset around this word, feedback. Let us demystify this word first. Feedback is a word that is a combination of two separate words, feed and back. This will give you the essential idea behind the meaning of the word. The first part of the word is feed. Feed is a word that is absolutely not scary at all. In fact, we find great pleasure in feeding ourselves with good food. I mean, who does not enjoy a good sinful donut? Feed is defined as an act of giving food to. We can only give food to someone who is willing to receive the food. It is this give and receive loop that makes it complete. The act of giving or supplying something to someone with the purpose of meeting a need. Typically, the need is to grow or to nourish or to sustain. The second part of the word is back. 
Back is in the context of to return, such as they wrote back to me. Back replies or implies a response to receiving something. When we put the two words together into feedback, it implies that there is a give and receive loop. This loop is complete when there is a response that meets the desired purpose. For example, when we feed ourselves with food, we have the aim of nourishing our physical bodies with the necessary nutrients for the body to sustain itself and to grow. Without feeding our physical bodies, we're not able to sustain it and eventually it weakens and dies. Similarly, to improve our competencies and skills, we need to feed it. We need to receive feeding in the form of new knowledge, advice, suggestions, tips and tricks, hacks, and so on. In order to grow our competency toolkit, we need to receive feedback and to be able to act on it. It is therefore a positive and beneficial act. Once you have that perspective of feedback, that it is a valuable tool for you as a manager, you will be able to use this tool to help you develop not just your competencies, but also the competencies of your team. In that, it will help you to achieve your desired goals. Feedback is also a tool for you to provide your direct reports with the necessary information and developmental growth ideas in order for them to develop their respective skill sets. In fact, feedback is a key tool for you to use with your direct reports in order for you to work as a cohesive team. So Sal, how have you used feedback as a management tool? That's really a great example of the benefits of feedback. It should nourish us to come out better or generate better results, provided we act on it. From the management perspective, feedback, if applied correctly, will be a great tool for continuous improvement. I remember in the incredibly early days of my career, I used to take face-to-face communications in the form of initiate and response. I treated all the same way to the point that I was always on autopilot when it comes to -to face-to-face communications. And after a while, then I realized that I need to be more intentional to drive the intended outcomes. How did that happen? Well, what triggered that was the Microsoft culture, a culture that one must have a spine and able to demonstrate the right behavior in our relentless pursuit to achieve the desired outcomes. And what makes it work is the two-way continuous process of communication in which we feel safe enough to express our thoughts, our concerns to our colleagues and our bosses. Feeling safe about communicating our thoughts is a prerequisite. Once that's there, then we are able to adopt the right positive mindset and start viewing all types of communications in the right context. And that will shift the focus from taking things personally to learning new or different ways to achieve a better result. The fear of receiving feedback diminishes as people are ready to receive feedback as it is, which is to improve performance. With this in place, then we can use feedback as a tool to improve ourselves, which will have a direct impact to the organizational performance. And that's the real value of feedback as a management tool. Evidently, there are several factors that need to work together to make feedback effective. What do you think is required, Lisa, to make feedback effective? That's right, Sal. Microsoft does have an environment where feedback was certainly encouraged. And just like what you had mentioned, feedback as a tool requires two areas for it to be effective. 
The first being the individual needs to be equipped with knowledge about how to give effective feedback. And the second is an organizational culture that supports a vibrant and safe environment for feedback. Now, the first part is centered around individuals learning how to give effective feedback and what are the key components that would define what is good feedback. Now, how to deliver effective feedback is something that can be learned, and it should be learned and developed as it is generally not a natural process. We are naturally inclined to hear comments and opinions, but not feedback. Comments and opinions are basically a person's perception or interpretation of a certain situation or action. For example, you did a good job. Now that is an opinion. It gives the person a sense of relative performance, but does not provide any detail or opportunity to discuss further improvements. Therefore, feedback is very different from comments or opinions in these two areas. Number one, detailed and specific observable information that is able to help the receiver of the feedback to identify, acknowledge, and decide on whether action needs to be taken. Secondly, implications and the space to explore various forms of improvements. The implication of an action or behavior is identified and the ability to explore suggestions and options to help improve. So therefore, to make it easier, I find that it's easy to remember the four elements of feedback with the acronym SIDE, S-I-D-E, which literally stands for S, specific. To be able to provide specific examples of what you have observed from that person. I, implication. Provide what is the implication of the specific action to give it context and impact so that the person is able to understand and relate to the feedback or information that's been provided. D. Discuss. Basically a platform for open discussion to take place, which enables that person to acknowledge that this behavior or this action is so-and-so, and also a platform to ask for clarity. E. Explore options to move forward. Both the receiver and the giver of the feedback should work together to explore possible action items to further develop or improve upon that certain behavior or action. Therefore, the process for true feedback session would consist of all these four elements inside or in SIDE, which differentiates comments and opinions in as much as its depth and completeness to help in growth and development of an individual. So let's take an example. You're a new manager and you're having your first one-on-one discussion with your direct report. You want that person to improve on a certain area. You might say something like, you're not meeting your sales target. You need to go out and meet more prospects. You need to follow up more closely. You need to do this, you need to do that, so on and so forth. Does that sound familiar? Yes, it does. That's a common thing that I'm pretty sure a lot of salespeople hear. Many may have mistaken it for feedback. But the reality is that sort of discussion is not feedback as it is me telling you what is wrong and what to do as opposed to providing enough information for us to have a discussion on the specific areas to improve and how we can go about doing it together. I would now approach it this way, shifting the focus to constructively understanding the issues and working on possible solutions together. Let's break it in alignment with our side approach, S-I-D-E, just like you mentioned just now. Then I would have said something like this. 
First, let's focus on the S, which stands for specific. I would say, I've observed that we are behind by $50,000 in our sales target for this month. Then, let's focus on the I, which stands for implications. And I would say, this makes me think of two potential scenarios. Number one, we don't have enough pipelines. And number two, there are certain activities that is not executed in this phase of the sales cycle. Then I follow up with the D, which stands for discuss. I would say, would you care to elaborate on the current situations and issues that we face? At this juncture, I'll wait for his response before I continue further. Based on his response, I will follow up with the E, which stands for explore. In this part, we will explore the most fitting solution that would generate the right outcome for us. That's right, Sal. You have now made the feedback specific with something that you have observed and turned the discussion from a one-way communication to a feedback session that essentially collaborates on a joint action plan to bring about a desired outcome. This makes the feedback session less threatening and more productive. There is an aspect in that discussion that we should address, and that is the environment of giving and receiving feedback. Open and authentic feedback can only be given and received if the culture of the organization supports it. We must feel safe to have a healthy feedback culture. That's right. And there are many types of conversations that we would typically have with our subordinates. Some are impromptu, simple conversations, and some are in a much more formal settings, such as a discussion on setting specific performance goals. Regardless, every type of conversation can be positioned as a feedback session for continuous improvement. The key question is how do we create a safe environment for our subordinates to take this on board? For them, not only to be ready, but also to feel good about giving and receiving feedback. The key word is trust. You must earn the trust from your subordinates as well as colleagues that you are genuine in your interest to continually improve and you have their interests at heart. Obviously, trust is something you can only earn over time. After many episodes of demonstrable behavior of you're walking the talk, and to instill a safe environment for giving and receiving feedback among your subordinates, it is worth your while to introduce your work style to each one of them. Your work style should at the bare minimum include the following. Number one, expectations on work performance that goes three ways, manager to subordinates, subordinates to managers, and among peers, or subordinates to subordinates. Number two, Clarity on your rhythm of operations. And number three, rewards on continuous improvement. And finally, you must demonstrate how every component works together consistently. A quick example, I will introduce my work style to my team members as the following. I would say something like this, just to showcase my work style. I support continuous improvement. I expect everyone to support each other to continually improve regardless your position and authority. I practice open-door policy. You can come give feedback anytime as long as the feedback meets the side criteria that we talked about just now. Just to recap, side means specific. It must have implications. And then you have to discuss the situations together. And E is explore potential solutions that 
most fitting for the situation that you are in. So it goes many ways. Feedback from me to you, feedback from you to me, as well as feedback among your peers. For this to be effective, we have our rhythm of operations that include team meetings weekly first thing Monday morning and my 30-minute one-on-one with every one of you once every fortnight. I expect a fruitful two-way communications during all of these sessions. And during this period, you have to come with open mind and say what you want to say. At the end of the day, all of us are measured on continuous improvement. Your performance of the small milestones will carry as much weight as the end game. I would like for all of us to strive to do this and demonstrate the right behavior daily. I am no exception and you can come talk to me anytime if you think I am not adhering to all this that I've said. Then you need to demonstrate the right behavior in adherence to the work style that you have introduced. Over time, this will stick and your subordinates will feel safe to give and receive feedback. So what I have just said just now is really an example of how I introduce my work style to my team members. After I've done that, then I would have to demonstrate the right behavior in adherence to the work style that I've introduced. Over time, this will stick. And my subordinates will feel safe to give and receive feedback. So that's what I meant by communicating your work style, being up, being upfront about it so that they understand exactly what you expect from them and what they can expect from you. Assuming that your team members are adopting the feedback culture well, it is important for us to sharpen their skills in giving and receiving feedback. From the management perspective, our focus is really on actions. What exactly do our subordinates do with the feedback? In that context, how do we make the feedback actionable, Lisa? That's a great question, Sal. Feedback is only as effective as whether it can achieve the desired outcome. Desired outcome for any feedback is either to reinforce or to rectify a certain action. Therefore, to make it actionable, there needs to be clear roles and responsibilities and joint accountabilities that needs to occur. As part of the feedback discussion, both you, the manager, and the direct report need to be able to identify certain action items, timelines, and accountabilities to take place. For example, If my direct prod is struggling with giving customer presentation, my accountability as the manager could be to send him for some training on presentation skills, while the direct report's accountability could be to prepare, attend the training, or to read different books, watch YouTube for tips and tricks, or whatever other tools that he would need to take in order to learn more about giving a good presentation. He could also set up practice sessions. He could set up practice times with you know, someone in the team who could be a great presenter. So there are different things that each of us could do to help achieve the desired outcome. In summary, for any outcome to be successful, each must play their respective parts to support and to enable that process of development. Sal, I know that we have briefly covered quite a lot of areas and there is so much depth we could go into. But let's keep it at this point and summarize. Yes, Lisa, we have reached to almost the end of our session. Let me just summarize. We have discussed three key points today. Number one, feedback is a communication tool for continuous improvement. It should be viewed as two-way communication loop that aims to reinforce or rectify a certain behavior. Number two, effective feedback needs to have four attributes. 
following your acronym just now. Let's go through that one more time. S-I-D-E or SIDE. S, which stands for Specific Calls for us to identify the observable behavior that needs enforcement or rectification clearly. I, which stands for Implications. It calls for us to fully understand the implications that the observable behavior will result in. And we need to be able to weigh the pros and cons of such behavior. Next, D, which stands for Discuss. It calls for us to discuss the observable behaviors openly and respectfully and its implications so that we can fully understand the why, who, what, when, how and in the end, identify the root cause. E, which stands for Explore. It calls for us to determine all the possible options and solutions, measuring the benefits of each and finally, resolving the situation with the most fitting solution. And the third point that we covered today is a safe and supportive feedback environment needs to be established and carried through. This is about creating a feedback-friendly culture and you, as the manager, must be noticeably clear on the how-tos and consistently demonstrate the culture that you are promoting. We talk about the introduction of your work style as the key lever to create such environment. We can have a much more detailed session in the future on creating a feedback-friendly culture. For further details on feedback, check out lisalamcoach.com and salwanaali.com. Thanks, El. And before we go, we will be covering in the next episode how to handle feedback. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us your feedback as we aim to continuously improve on the content that we provide for you. We want to make sure that we give you the best value possible. So take care and remember, you are not alone in your journey as a manager. Yeah.